there is a bone in Gilead to make the wounded Psalm 40, to the choir master, a psalm of David. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. For evils have encompassed me beyond number, My iniquities have overtaken me, and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Aha, aha, but may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. Psalm 40 in the ESV. Welcome. 
Today, we actually have the pleasure of welcoming Henry Hafner to our show. Henry Hafner is a violist, violinist, music director, composer, and educator at Parish Presbyterian Church in Franklin, Tennessee, where he leads worship. He is also the principal violist for the Lexington Philharmonic and has performed and given masterclasses throughout the South and Midwest. He appears on recordings by Nathan Clark George, Jim Daneker, Paul Cardell, and Michael W. Smith, in addition to his own albums, Clovercroft and Southern Psalms. Henry, welcome to the Balm and Gilead. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Really glad to be here. Um, we are well acquainted with your work and in fact uh, featured your album Clovercroft as a uh, giveaway on this show a little bit ago. And uh, we're just, you know, really grateful uh, for your music ministry and thank you. uh, everything you're doing out there in Tennessee. Well, thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. <clears throat> it's our pleasure. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging that accent. Because uh, I'm I'm also from Tennessee, so oh, whereabouts? I'm uh, so if you're from Franklin, I'm about an hour and a half west in Jackson. That's where I'm from. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I you know I I did a couple of seasons uh, doing some gigs out in Jackson with the Jackson Symphony. So nice. Uh, so I've, awesome. I've driven that 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 stretch of I-40 a bunch of times. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's that's quite a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, so this episode was actually. Somewhat delayed because Henry uh, had a child. <laughs> well, well not, not me personally, but my wife. <laughs> yeah, his wife had a child. And, and, uh, and actually, this is our last episode that we're going to record before Justin's wife has a child in just a couple days. And, oh, uh, man. Congratulations, and Justin. Thanks. Thanks. Same to you. And it's also a special episode because I get to announce that we are going to have a child. What? Wait, what? Wow. Yes, we, yes, we, uh, we've known for a little bit, uh, and I've kept it a secret from my, my best friends, Whoa. but we, we got the genetic results back. Everything is good. And, uh, we're having a boy. Wow. Uh, Another boy. Yes. That is Oh my awesome. goodness. Yes. After five, so, five girls in a row and then two boys. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. So that is awesome. That is so great to hear. Fantastic. Thank you. You know. Well, congratulations to you three. Yeah. Uh, we're sticking with four uh, <laughs> as far as we're concerned, unless the Lord says otherwise. But uh, so far, he's seen fit to uh, recognize that maybe four is enough for the baby. <laughs> it's, it's enough to be reformed right here. <laughs> yes, it is the perfect reformed number is, uh, is four children. So uh, that's what we've decided. Anyway, uh, it's great to have you on the show. And one of the things that we love to learn from our guests is uh, about the song recommendations. I mean, not just uh, in church, but um, uh, any kind of music that you really enjoy and that you'd like to share with uh, share with the uh, audience. Awesome. Well, as um, uh, you know, looking through your uh, your list of things here, and I was trying trying to think of song recommendations. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to. Uh, Give some shout outs to uh, to a couple of my uh, my old buddies. So uh, so I think uh, yeah, I would highly recommend uh, anything by a guy named Nathan Clark George, who's a songwriter. I'm sure you guys are familiar. Many of your listeners probably are too. But uh, a great guitar player, great songwriter, great singer, just 
great guy and uh and i got to work with him and uh and so you can hear some of my uh my my fiddle lines on a couple of his i guess probably my favorite one of his right now is uh is happy with you his uh which is a collection of covers of carter family songs but uh but does a lot of uh you know worship things and uh running from the scriptures as well so i'd highly recommend him um Another guy I would recommend checking out is uh, is uh, is uh, another mentor of mine, a guy named Gregory Wilbur. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, know much of his stuff, but uh, uh, he's been uh, he's been writing uh, worship music and uh, doing kind of the stuff that that you know he he's sort of the the godfather of our little Franklin uh, kind of singing here. And uh, so he's written a lot of great music, uh, fantastic composer, does, does some kind of classical things, but, uh, but has several albums of congregational things. And I guess my favorite one of his is probably um, an album that was, I think, originally out in 2008 or nine called My Cry Ascends. It was originally put out by Ligonier, but uh, I think he's self uh, self releasing it now. But uh, um, that was definitely uh, um, uh, you know has been a blessing in my life. All of those tunes over the years, and so I would uh, I'd recommend it to your folks if they uh, haven't checked it out yet. Was he also on Nathan Clark George's uh, Rise and Worship as well? Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Um, so uh, um, that is that all those songs are actually uh, all the music is by Greg. Um, Nathan recorded, sang it, and uh, um, and then it was actually produced by uh, an, another guy, an, a, a member of my church. Um, I'm actually uh, I'm currently wearing the uh, the T-shirt from his studio right now, but a guy named Tom Michael. Um, but uh, yeah, so they they all collaborated on that one, uh, and, uh, and that, that that's a great uh, great one to check out as well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that one. What about uh, any any other uh, types of uh, artists or? Um People that you're a big fan of. Oh goodness! Okay, just uh, or even composers. I mean, you're Lexington Philharmonic. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I should. Yeah, I should. I should do some uh, um, some classical music stuff here. Um, you know, I'm gonna play to. Uh, you know, if if my students ever listen to this, they'll laugh because they'll they'll be able to pick these uh, these guys out. Um, I'd, I highly recommend. Uh, I'm gonna go late 19th century. So uh, Czech composer Antonin Dvorak. Um, uh, you know. The, there's a bunch of stuff. Probably the uh, the American Quartet. I think that's uh, that's a string quartet number twelve uh, in F. That's a fantastic piece. Never gets old. Uh, then I go with um, the uh, Austrian composer uh, Gustav Mahler, um, mostly known for his symphonies. Um, they're all really long, so you know, like you know, get ready if you're gonna, you know. Y- Leave yourself some time if you're gonna check out a Mahler symphony. That's gonna that's gonna be a, a you know an, an epic journey, and uh, and then I'd actually uh, also if uh, from the world of opera, um, uh, I'd recommend uh, most anything by uh, Richard Wagner, uh, German composer, late 19th century. A lot of, you know a lot of big brass section, and uh, you know like if. Like if you, if you think, you know, if you're exposed to classical music when you're like a little kid and you, you know, you have the idea of opera as like the, you know, the big lady with the, the Viking helmet and horns, like that's, that's all reference to Wagner. So if you're, uh, you know, if you're uh, into your kind of, uh, you know, epic power metal side of classical music, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's where I'm, that's where I'm going. (laughs) 
Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, uh, the Berliner Philharmoniker has been releasing through 2021 a lot of Mahler's symphonies, and yeah. I've just really been eating them up. And Antonin Dvorak um, is probably one of my favorite composers. Um, I love, you know, the popular stuff too. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to check out the string quartet number 12 and F. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And, uh, check that out. And there's a, there's an A major uh, piano quintet. That's uh, the, 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 um, the, the 12, the string quartet 12 is pretty popular. It's, it's, you know, a nice entry level thing, but if you want a little bit deeper cuts of your chamber music, uh, go with that A major uh, piano quintet. All right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he also did, some ballets too, right? No, 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 no. That was the other guy, Aaron Copeland. Yes. Yeah. Both of them kind of have that Americana sound. And sure, I, yeah. I can't get enough of it. Like if there was a concert of Antonin Dvorak and Aaron Copeland <laughs> smushed together um, and it was on like the rim of the Grand Canyon or something, I think that would just be and then there, you, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll organize it. We'll work on this. Um, nice. So... That, you know, that's really great. I'll have to check those out. And um, yeah, I, I will say Nathan Clark George is definitely a favorite of ours. Uh, we've, we've heard him before. I think actually, you know, Chris, um, Chris uh, actually told us about Nathan Clark George oh, I'm sure uh, he did. a number yeah, of years yeah. ago. I think that's where I learned about yeah, him. He, he, told, so, he told you about Nathan Clark George. I, I saw him in concert when I was 18. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, he told right. me about it, but yeah. it was before our podcast even started. I was I mean, still in high school. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I wow. bought his CD. That's fantastic. Bought though. a CD at the merch table and still listen to it. So it was, it was the blue one. Oh, words for every day. Yeah, yeah that, words that for one's, every day. That one's great. Yeah, that was a little bit. Uh, that was before I came into contact with him. So I, I really got to know him actually um, through the recording of uh, of that uh, the Greg Wilbur uh, "My Cry Ascends." Um, uh, I had, uh, um, I got the opportunity to play some, some viola parts on it. And, uh, so I came into the studio and I met this, this, uh, you know, this kind of oddball skinny guy that was, uh, living in an RV at the time and he had a million kids. And I was like, huh, interesting fellow. And, uh, and then, you know, turns out like, you know, spend the next 10 years, uh, touring with him and, uh, and he's, you know, he's, he's an awesome guy. Any, anything he does, it's, uh, it's going to be gold. Highly recommend. Yeah, we've got a uh, we've got a playlist uh, of psalm paraphrases for this podcast, and I've got a lot of Nathan Clark George, a lot of Gregory Wilbur uh, in that. And if you know, if you ever wanted to get your stuff on Spotify, it'd, it'd fit it fit right in. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm just kind of old school. <laughs> I love that you still offer a cassette option. Oh well, uh, to purchase. You know, this may be uh, this may be the ex- exclusive news to uh, to the, to the Bombcast, but uh, should be if uh, if production comes through later this year, Clovercraft will be offered on LP, limited edition. But uh, no, nice. But um, having a, I've, I'm 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 sitting and looking at the test pressings on my uh, on my table right now, so <laughs> I'm really oh excited. Oh my word! <laughs> Biden vinyl, folks. Yes, that's awesome. That's neat. Very cool. I'd I'd rather have it in vinyl, I think, than than cassette tape. So uh, we'll we'll be uh, we'll be looking for that. And sure. I just love physical media. That's just I'm weird like that. <laughs> yeah, where do you where do you think that comes from? What's this uh, fascination? You from? know, a, a part of it is just kind of you know. Like there's the nostalgia effect, you know, being a, being a kid and, uh, you know, being 13 years old and getting my, you know, 
uh, you know, going to the CD store and digging through the bins and finding, uh, you know, uh, like a, you know, an old Rolling Stones album or something and then sitting in, but, it, you know, so there's, there's part of that, but there's also just, there's a different kind of listening that you do when you're, uh, um, not that you can't do that on digital, but, uh, you know, have, forcing yourself, particularly with, uh, with vinyl, I mean, if I'm going to listen to a to an LP, I'm going to sit down in in this chair I'm sitting in right now and put that on, and I'm going to listen to it from start to finish. And uh, and that's you know like like everybody, I kind of stopped doing that you know about you know 15 years ago, and uh, especially when I had kids, I was like you know I want them to have that experience of you know like sitting down and just just listening, not you know, not with something else in the background, but focused. And, uh, and it's, 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 you know, that I think part of that is why I really, and I, I still like physical media. That's neat. I mean, they say, and I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, but they say it's one of the most technically supposed to be one of the most best sound quality ways to listen. Like you don't have the compression of like an MP3 or something like that. Sure. You may know, you probably know a lot more than I do on that, but I, I, I well, find that part interesting. Not really. I'm a, I'm a total. This is all completely brand new to me. Like uh, you know, in terms of the production side, like it's all it's all kind of magic to me. Like, but, <laughs> I hear you. That's really really special. So uh, I will have to um, maybe maybe some tomorrow to sit down with. Uh, we have a couple of record albums that we've purchased over the years, um, mostly from the library book sale, where you can get them for twenty five <laughs> yeah. cents a piece. <laughs> And uh, listen down uh, some Pines of Rome. Oh, or, nice. Uh, and got to dig through some of the other ones. Yeah, got that some I got some Respeaky there. Well done. Yes. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, a lot of fun. Changing a little bit from uh, just general music to more specifically, you're a music minister. What are some of your favorite songs to uh, either lead the congregation of worship or even just uh, to um, to worship in, in uh, yourself? Sure. I am... Uh, I'm very old school. So, uh, so things like, you know, to, for me, um, you know, traditional hymns, uh, you know, are fantastic, you know, great theology, great poetry, great tunes, but really to, to be honest, there's nothing more emotionally rich and affecting I find than, uh, you know, when you've got, you know, 150, 200 people, you know, belting out, how firm a foundation or, uh, you know, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand, uh, things like that. That is just, uh, that's, that's, those are the sweetest moments, uh, uh, to me as, uh, you know, and the way our, the way our setup is in our, in our, our building, our church is, is, is quite small and, you know, we can get pretty packed and we're in the, uh, you know, we're, we're in the center, you know, kind of off to the, off to the side of the podium, uh, and so the, it's, it's almost in effect in the round. And so, uh, so when, you know, when everybody is singing full forest on some of these old hymns that, that most people know really well, and, you know, you get the parts going and it's just like, it's just a little taste of heaven. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, like I'm, I've, I've got the best seat in the house, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, things like, uh, I think I already said how firm a foundation, um, uh, the Isaac Watts, alas, and did my savior bleed done to the old, the traditional martyrdom tune. Uh, there is a fountain filled with blood. Um, anything that, uh, anything that, uh, you know, especially if we can get, uh, you know, get a good acapella sound. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from middle Tennessee. So my, my grandparents were in the, you know, restorationist church of Christ, uh, movement. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but that's, uh, one of their distinctives. Um, they're kind of a, they're kind of a funky second grade awakening little movement, but one of their distinctives was, uh, was acapella singing. They didn't do instruments. They didn't do, uh, uh you know, that was, that was, you know, forbidden in the new Testament and from their perspective. Uh, and so those, those congregations and that tradition are, you know, they're really fantastic acapella singers. And, uh, and it's something that's, uh, you know, at least, you know, in my experience, we don't, we don't get a lot of that in, you know, everyday life or everyday church situations. Uh, so to hear, uh, just, you know, to hear a, a large group singing in four parts, uh, with nothing else is, uh, is, is special. And those, those old hymns are, you know, they're designed for that. It's like they were written for that kind of thing. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I mean, there's, uh, the reform Presbyterian church, uh, does that too. Sure. The hymns, yeah, yeah. Uh, or the, uh, Psalms. I mean, yeah, the covenanters, uh, absolutely. And, uh, the covenanters. Sure. Uh, it is beautiful. Um, these people can really sing and, um, there's a sense of worshiping together rather than letting kind of the worship team or whatever do the worship. Absolutely. Um, everybody becomes a part of it. And uh, I don't know, in my opinion, that is very, very much uh, what, what the new Testament has in mind when it, when it thinks of, of worship, but curious about your thoughts on that too. Absolutely. No, I, I mean, yeah, the, uh, I think, you know, I, I say this to my team, uh, you know, a lot when we're practicing and stuff, you know, our, our job as as being you know the you know the chief musicians as it were is you know our our job is to support the congregation singing and uh and you know if we need to uh you know whatever we need to do everything goes towards that because they're the they are the ensemble they're the ones we're just uh, we're just getting them started and a lot of times quite frankly you know the the best way we can do that is get out of the way and uh sometimes we just we just let them take over and uh and it's uh, uh and that's you know those are the best moments so you're probably not wearing like skinny jeans and an NBA jersey or anything <laughs> I don't think I don't I don't think I own either skinny jeans or an NBA jersey. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I'm wearing I, I wear skinny jeans, but that's only because it's been COVID for a year or so, and oh yeah, they used to be you know more baggy, but now they <laughs> filled out a little. Like converted. <laughs> yeah, I think we all. Yeah, they, they've converted into skinny jeans. So yeah. I got to do something about that. But. Uh, so, go. what about some some psalms? You you sing a lot of psalms. You have a, an entire album dedicated to them. Uh, have there been some psalms that are have been influential to you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, definitely at, at some earlier and some you know in some uh, uh, in some darker moments in my life, things like uh, like Psalm thirty. Um, you know, uh, I turned my morning into dancing. Uh, Psalm twenty seven. Uh, you know, I will see the goodness. I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Um, I actually uh, had that as uh, one of the scripture readings at my wedding. Um, so that one's, uh, that one's very memorable and special to me. Uh, and, uh, and kind of, I guess I'll go in like big, uh, big life moments here. So, uh, um, Psalm 128, um, uh, bless the man that fears Jehovah. Happy shall he be, and it will be well with the. Uh, you'll see your children's children. I, that that is particularly after I had my uh, my oldest daughter, my my first uh, my first child. 
that uh, that that text was 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 uh, you know kind of imprinted on my brain, and uh, and then actually got to do a got to do a song version of that uh, uh, on the uh, on the first album. So that which is that's def most assuredly my favorite uh, uh, piece of music that I got to do there. And then you know so that it's a it's a psalm about uh you know like seeing your uh, you know seeing your children's children and you know the that's the, the image of the uh your children are like olive plants around your table your wife is a fruitful vine and uh um so that uh that tune actually uh the the ending of it uh you know it's a very kind of you know well i think of it as a kind of country inspired uh, feel to it and uh, and then there's you know in like seventies country there's always like somebody like speaking half of the half of the song that's kind of a trope like Johnny Cash songs and stuff does it all the time. Um, so at the end of the recording, one of the last things we did on that tune was uh, actually had my my dad come in and uh, and he actually reads the psalm um, uh, in uh, in a, in a passage like uh, like over the end of the of the song and so that 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 particular. Uh, that was just very meaningful to me to kind of like like embody something that's going on there in that music. In that music, um, I'm going to go off book just a, just a little bit. I'm going to ask a question that okay. is, that is not on on this list. So uh, so shape Sounds note good. singing. Yes. Yeah. So uh, very uh, turn on the, the Clovercroft and very first thing you hear, so me <laughs> so me la uh, or yeah. So follow me. Yeah, there we go. I've I've done yeah. shape note singing once. I went to one session once, and it was it was awesome. interesting. So uh, so shape note singing. You want to share a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So um, uh, do you do you want like uh, like in terms of history or just in terms of how super cool just it is or how su- how super cool it is? We we can yeah we, we can go with that. <clears throat> so. Uh, yeah, so um, so shape note singing is one of those things. It's a it's um, a, a uniquely American form of uh, of church music and and like sort of church uh, uh, music education, I guess. So uh, so in like the colonial era, um, you've got uh, you got a lot of congregations, particularly out on the you know out on the frontier, which you know. In the 17th century, the frontier is like you know upstate New York, and the, you know the, not, not what we would think of as out west. But um, you've got a lot of congregations with limited resources, and so you'd have you know you'd maybe have a musician come in one you know once a year, and they would hold these these large scale singing schools where they would you know teach people a bunch of hymns, and uh, and you know like ultimately they made their living by then selling hymnals so that people could have that, but. Um, the notational system that they used to teach um, these, you know, kind of, you know, pioneer folk out on the edge of civilization um, was a uh, was a system of like uh, you know, what what music teachers are going to tell you are solfege syllables. So uh, so like you know do re mi fa sol la ti, um, if you've seen Sound of Music, that kind of thing. But uh, um, it's a simplified system, so there's only uh, uh, only four syllables. So fa sol la mi. And, um, the, there's a, like a secondary indicator. So in the printed music, yeah, each note has a different shape. Uh, and so, uh, so folks who are like glancing down can, uh, can remember what the pitch is by the shape that the note is, uh, um, um, is printed in hence shape note singing. And if you've ever, uh, so I mean, you've, you've got some experience here, you've been to one of these singings, but, 
um, you know, each uh, before you start singing the hymn, um, you know, as you're as you're learning it, you'll actually go through it by singing these these syllables. So uh, you know, so fa la, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and you'll sing through the hymn once, you know, one stanza essentially with the syllables. And then now you've got it, and then you'll choose which verses you sing, and then you actually sing this. So uh, and they'll have. Uh, you know the the probably the most the best known collections of these are um, you know it's it's a funny thing like this this thing this style this educational system begins like in the colonies in New England but New England develops pretty fast and so all this stuff kind of gets left behind as more like traditional European. Uh, style hymnody moves in up there, but they filter, you know, west and south. And so even though it's, it originates in New England, it's now like in the kind of popular imagination, such as there is a popular imagination about this kind of stuff. Um, you know, we associate it with like Appalachia and things like that. And I, I definitely associate it with that, that, that whole style. And there's all, you know, I could, I could nerd out about this, you know, there's, you know, it, all, all this stuff is, uh, yeah, like I'm not already, um, uh, you know, there's, uh, uh, you know, it, all the melodies are pentatonic, uh, there's a lot of open fifths and things like this, not a lot of half steps, so it's a, it's a unique compositional style as well. Um, but uh, it's super fun, super high energy. The two collections um, that are best known are the, uh, the Southern Harmony, uh, which is uh, um, like 18... 1850s, I think I'm going off this from memory. Um, you know, somebody else looked that up, but, and, uh, and the, probably the best known is the sacred harp. And so sometimes you'll, you'll hear this whole style referred to as sacred harp, uh, uh, singing or sacred harp style. Um, but all refers to that, that shape node notational system. Um, and, uh, and yeah, as you, uh, as you alluded to, so the, uh, the opening, uh, a track on, uh, on Clovercroft is is kind of is I mean that that style I I am I'm obviously I I'm really passionate about it I love it I I'm sure it kind of influences everything that I do but um, that that tune in particular really um, you know is is very close to that style and so in the process of trying to plan, okay, how do I want to present this in a recorded format for more for listening than for, you know, just that because we would, you know, we wouldn't do this in, in church. Um, but I really wanted to capture that, like actually have, have people singing the soul fudge. And, uh, and so, so what I did is, uh, you know, we were, uh, my, my goal was to eat, to have my, um, the, the choir at our church, uh, to, uh, to do that, uh, and, you know, kind of, you know, capture it ambiently and then, you know, maybe import it into the studio. Well, this was all at the beginning of, uh, I started recording all this, uh, in, uh, February of 2020. So as you might imagine, uh, some, a lot of plans got, <laughs> got put on hold and things like that. Uh, and so we were, you know, we finally got back to things, finished up most of the tracking in, uh, in, uh, like June of that year. Um, but, uh, but had a bunch of students back in town for a wedding, uh, the first weekend of June. So I, you know, made a bunch of phone calls, had everybody show up on a, on a, I think it was like a Tuesday night at the church when it was empty. And, uh, um, uh, myself, uh, and, uh, and the, the engineer, the producer that, uh, that, that helped me with it, we got out iPhones and, uh, and I actually wrote out soul fetch syllables and we, we, you know, like 20 people and, you know, some of them, you know, trained singers, others just, you know, like 
anybody that I could call and get so I could get some bodies in there. Um, we, we sang that in, uh, in live. So that, that is, you know, that is a, that is a real, it's not, it's not fake. We, we really did stand around in a, in a square and, uh, sing the soul veg syllable. So I was, I'm that one of the, uh, one of the things about that recording that, uh, that, you know, makes me smile the most. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, appreciate the, uh, the, the shape note uh, discussion there. That was, uh, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. And uh, I mean, are these songs that you draw on today? Yeah. So there's a a number of things I'm I'm trying to think of uh, one that would, would be most widely known. Um, Are you familiar with uh, what wondrous love is this? Uh, That's, that's from that tradition. Um, You might know the, uh, the resi, I think it's resignation is the tune uh, to uh, um, Psalm 23. My shepherd will supply my need. Um, That's, uh, that's another one that's maybe a little bit less well known, but, uh, but from that, uh, from that tradition, um, there's a great setting of, I know that my redeemer lives um, to, uh, um, uh, to a, a shape note tune called Antioch that uh, that we do a lot, especially during Easter season. I'd uh, I'd recommend it. There's a great um, uh, I don't I don't know if you know, like I can like throw this in the in the chat or something. But there's a great YouTube video of there's a Sacred Harp group in it's in the UK somewhere. It may be Ireland, so that wouldn't be the UK, but uh, <laughs> it's somewhere in the British Isles. They have a uh, there's a big Sacred Harp singing that they do like kind of pretty high quality video of. And, uh, there's a, there's a recording of, there's this guy in like full, like kilt regalia, um, doing this, uh, I know that my redeemer lives and it's, uh, it's, it's got a, it's, it's got quite a few view, views on YouTube. Um, I don't know if that gave you enough information for what to search for, but, um, it's, a uh, it gives you, it gives you a taste of the, uh, of the, the style and the practice. Yeah. I, uh, it might've been from Odd Deacon over on Presbycast, who's a big, uh, shape note uh, apologist. Okay. okay yeah. And, uh, I, I, I have seen this before, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is it. Cork sacred harp. I bet yeah, that's it. I think that's, uh, that sounds right. Uh, 277 Antioch, second Ireland sacred harp convention, 2012. Ewan Patterson. Yeah, that sounds right. He's definitely wearing a kilt. Yes, yeah, Cork Sacred Harp. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, two seventy seven Antioch. Awesome. Yeah, I will put that one in the show notes uh, for sure. Very cool. So we talked a little bit about the the shape note singing. Uh, we talked a little bit about your involvement with these uh, various artists over the time over time. But how did you originally get interested in music? That's a great, uh, a great question. Um, p- part of that is going to be, I, mean, uh, I don't know if this is, this sounds hokey, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I grew up in middle Tennessee. Um, you know, Justin's from Tennessee, so you know mm-hmm. what, you know, what, you know what this means. I mean, it's, yeah. I was born in Nashville and I'm pretty sure that every child that, you know, is born in, you know, the city of Nashville before they, leave the, uh, you know, delivery room, they are issued a guitar. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that that happens, but you know, it's just a really, obviously with, you know, the recording industry and, and stuff like that is, you know, and has been here for a long, long time, but just, there's just music is, uh, is a part of, you know, has been a part of, you know, my family's life. I don't, I don't remember, 
uh, you know, my, my earliest memories of, uh, of music are, you know, my, my dad sitting on the porch with his buddies playing, uh, you know, playing old country songs and, uh, you know, my, I had, uh, uh, you know, relatives that had, uh, you know, string band, my, uh, my great grandfather who died before I was born was a banjo player. Um, these kind of things. So just that, that, that traditional music is, uh, um, has, has, you know, I I just grew up in that. I, I marinated in that stew. Um, and then, uh, let's see. So I, I, um, uh, when I was, I was a very young child. Um, my, my parents, uh, uh, apparently I don't actually remember this, but apparently I took some interest in the violin. Um, I was, you know, I was a little guy. I don't remember this, but, <laughs> um, I was, uh, uh, you know, put in, uh, put in violin lessons. And uh, so I, I don't remember a time when there wasn't a stringed instrument, uh, around me or in my hands at one point or another. And that was just, that was a part of life. Uh, you know, that was my, that was my social circle. That was, that was normal to me. You know, every summer you go to, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, violin camps and, uh, in intensives and things like this. And, um, and that was, uh, you know, that was, uh, I, it, it was just second nature, uh, to, uh, to me. And I, and I'm, and I'm very grateful for, uh, for my parents sticking with that because it probably wasn't, uh, the prettiest thing when I was, you know, five years old and, uh, you know, just learning to hold the thing and that kind of stuff. But, uh, um, uh, but yeah, so I'd say, uh, you know, earliest, uh, musical influences, definitely that, uh, that kind of like old time, uh, you know, old time country music, yeah, you know, my classical music and uh, going up in, uh, in violin lessons and things like that. And then, uh, the other, other thing I'd say, um, is, uh, was, was church music. I, I never, uh, uh, you know, as a youngster, I never would have, would have imagined that, uh, that I would ended up as a, as a church musician, but, you know, clearly God had, uh, you know, had some, had some providence going on here, but, uh, but I, um, actually didn't grow up in the reform tradition. Um, I hope this is okay with you guys, but I actually grew up in a kind of charismatic megachurch. Um, but uh, so don't hold that against me, but, uh, um, no, um, but, uh, that, that, uh, that opportunity being there, I mean, it was, uh, you know, obviously there's some, you know, theological things that I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't hold to anymore, but it was, you know, growing up, it was a great church. Folks that love Jesus, love the Bible, you know, taught me well, cared for, cared for me and my family well. So I have, I had very fond memories of that. And, and some of my earliest, uh, um, kind of times playing, playing music that wasn't classical in front of people was actually getting to be in this kind of, this big mega church praise and worship band and, uh, and I, I know, I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful for those experiences because, um, you know, from a, you know, from a musical standpoint, uh, you know, things like playing with a band, playing with, you know, figuring out how to decipher a lead sheet or, oh, I don't have a lead sheet. I just have a set of lyrics and I'm going to just have to figure out what key I'm in and where to play and where not to play and those sort of things. You know, those were lessons that were drilled into me from, you know, 12, 13, 14, being this, you know, kind of little shrimpy kid playing the fiddle in with this uh, kind of, you know, giant megachurch rock band. But, uh, but they were, they were good lessons and I, and then they, they, they taught me well. That's, uh, that's 
probably a fairly unique culture in in America anyway. Have you seen that culture change at all as you've grown older? Uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, like the, um, sorry, in, in the region or in, in terms of like the church culture. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's certainly, it's, it's changed, um, less than, uh, than perhaps, you know, you're at, you you would, you would see on the surface, um, you know, the city of Nashville in particular in middle Tennessee generally has, um, has been growing for a long time. You know, that, that growth trend started before I was born, but particularly in the last 20 years, um, has really exploded. I mean, the joke kind of now is that, you know, no, but no, there's, there's nobody's actually from, you know, Nashville or any of the, you know, counties ringing, ringing around Nashville. Um, but you know, but there actually are some of us that, <laughs> that, that, uh, that grew up here. Um, you, you have to look for it, uh, uh a little bit more, uh, intentionally. Uh, you kind of have to seek it out, uh, you know, you know, go off a beaten path, go to some of the rural places, but, uh, but you know, the, you know, the, Real Tennessee is still out there, you know. We're the, the, you know, we are still the South. Uh, um, it may not look like it a lot of times, but uh, but we are actually still <laughs> we are actually still here. And that's you know, kind of maybe going back to that's part of uh, you know uh, what I was saying earlier about you know the the physical media and stuff. It's like I I think you know now as I'm having kids, a lot of that stuff that I think was was second nature to you know. You know, my parents and grandparents, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to be very intentional about, uh, you know, communicating this, passing this on, um, you know, like I don't have to just, you know, I can't just, oh yeah, that shape note, uh, kind of stuff that's, that's from the, you know, or acapella singing. Like I have to be like, I have to like teach my kids that and like consciously communicate, pass that on because there is so much, um, uh, you know, uh, there's such a, uh, cornucopia of influences now it's much more cosmopolitan than uh than even when i was you know in high school or something like that but um but you know it's 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 also you know growth is not the worst thing in the world either there's a there's a you know there's a lot of a lot of folks coming in a lot of uh you know there's a lot more going on and uh you know in in my in our little towns that uh, in a lot you know our economy is uh, is in a good spot uh, in, especially in comparison to a lot of uh, you know, a lot of other places so it's not it, you just have to be you have to be mindful of some of that absolutely I like the connection that you drew between the physical media that you enjoy and the really physical media of actually like creating the music mm-hmm. that you're listening to at the same time absolutely that's a fascinating concept. I dig my violin out some more, <laughs> you know, yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to, uh, experience that a little bit more. Well, yeah, that's, you know, uh, it's, it's, that's interesting. It's, uh, you know, you're talking about digging your violin out some more. Uh, you know, I, I also, you know, one of my other hats that I wear is I, I teach, um, college students and, uh, there's, um, you know, a lot of them, you know, they, some come in with musical backgrounds. They're interested in that, you know, and, you know, I'm, you know, I, I teach music, um, uh, but there's, uh, you know, a, a discussion that goes on in the background a lot is like, you know, how do we do informal things? Or if we, you know, if they, you know, if they have a retreat or a camp out or something like, oh, you know, let's bring our instruments and, and play along. 
And that, you know, that's very much like, am I like, oh yeah, I did that as a, as a kid my whole life. That's, that's totally something, you know, you, you know, you don't have to, you know, have a ton of training or something for this, but, um, younger folks don't have a kind of common cultural, uh, you know, like musical, uh, well to draw from. So it's, it's actually kind of really hard to sing songs around the campfire. And, uh, you know, and I realize like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, when I'm, I'm doing that and trying to help them, it's like, I'm, I'm literally just jumping back from all the same songs that my dad did when I was eight. And I was like, oh gosh, dad, you're playing that, you know, that Arlo Guthrie song again. And like, and now here I am, I'm doing it. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> that's why he was doing that. <laughs> we are our parents. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's really beautiful. It, it is something that a lot of modern worship music sung around a campfire reveals a lot of the flaws, and all of a sudden it just sort of sounds dead. Sure, I mean, and without all the supporting elements. Sure, and and there's I think there's a you know it's that that connection of place that's kind of missing uh, with a lot of things that you know may have. Uh, you know, greatly constructed, you know, tunes, great production, uh, you know, really, you know, thoughtful lyrics and things like that. But, you know, can oftentimes I find like a lot of contemporary stuff doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's from anywhere. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that's kind of, uh, that maybe it's a little esoteric, but uh, there's, there's, there's an organic quality that's uh that's missing that uh that a lot of i mean again especially especially going back to the shape notes stuff um it just it just sounds like you know uh you know it sounds like it came out of a holler or uh you know or was you know meant to be sung in a barn and uh and that just that just feels that that feels right uh here and you know on the other side of the country, it's not going to, it's going to have something different and that's wonderful too. And I don't, I don't know what that's like, cause I'm not from there, but I, I kind of want to hear what, you know, what that would sound like from, uh, you know, the Pacific Northwest or in New England or something like that. A favorite phrase of mine is uniqueness of place. I, I like things that have that uniqueness of place and, uh, Absolutely. It, it does feel like more and more I don't know. I don't want to sound too stodgy, but um, <laughs> I'm I'm a stodgy guy. Um, it feels like in in a lot of things in today's culture, just begin to lose that. There's a kind of a sense of flattening, uh, you know. Yeah, like yeah. going right along with the you know, like the the compression of the of the uh, the MP3s right. and things like that. Uh, Shave off all the parts that this sort of don't aren't aren't you know? Yeah, palatable to everybody, and it loses its flavor. It becomes bland. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we're, you know, we, we've kind of alluded to this already, but what are those musical influences that you draw on when writing music? Uh, obviously, your your childhood has a lot to do with that. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the the place where you're from has a lot to do with that. But yeah, I would love to hear a little bit more about how that influences now the music that you compose. Uh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And definitely, uh, you know, there's, there's something I think about, uh, you know, first, I mean, cause every, every 99% of, of any music that I'm going to be producing is, is going to be for use in church. So there's, there's certain kind of technical things like, okay, um, is this something that a large group of people can sing? Is, uh, is this, uh, you know, is this range fit in the right place? Does this, uh, does the, you know, does the mood suit the text? Uh, you know, those kind of things. But, 
Uh, you know, another thing I you know, I kind of keep in the back of my mind is like, okay, this you know this makes sense if uh, you know you know if I'm if I'm you know putting down a tune or something like that. It's like, okay, this this sound this makes sense for me singing it. Um, does this make sense if a if a little kid sings it? And could my you know hundred year old grandmother sing it? Would it also make sense for her? And if if you know if the answer to all of those is yes, then I'm like, okay, we're on to something here. If it's no, then maybe maybe something needs to be uh, uh, rethought. You know, I you know it, it's uh, you know we, we've been talking about around the campfire, but like you know, is this something that you could sing? You know. 50 years from now when maybe you're, uh, you know, maybe you're on a deathbed, uh, you know, cause, uh, cause, uh, you know, there is a fountain filled with blood. Yeah. That that's going to work. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and that, that's, you know, that's meaningful. Um, and then the a sense of, you know, a uh, sense of timelessness, uh, uh, needs to, needs to be in, uh, um, uh, ideally should be kept in mind. One of the things that we did early on in the show was uh, encourage people to submit kind of a deathbed playlist. Like, what are some songs that are retain that timelessness, right? Yeah. And the goal being, maybe these are the songs that we ought to be singing now. As of right now, I still have yet to put mine together, but <laughs> maybe you have some suggestions for me. Uh, where might I start to look for a, a song like that? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I did... And go back, uh, you know, like crack open your old hymnals. Uh, that's uh, there's a wealth of stuff there. There's there's also some things that uh, you know that haven't survived the test of time, and that's okay too. But uh, um, you know that that's uh, that's where I'd you know think uh, or you know go back to some uh, go back to other deathbed playlists. Like so, well, what you know I, I think of like uh, you know what were the songs that I did at my grandmother's funeral. Uh, you know, a few years back. What do I remember when I was a kid when my great grandparents died? Like, uh, you know, what were the things that uh, that they had on there? And there's, you know, there's you'll you'll find there's some there's some things that uh, that you know that crop up again and again. Uh, you know, tunes like uh, you know, you know, I mean to be, you know, it's cliche, but Amazing Grace. I mean, there's a reason why that has uh, has such a universal appeal. Um, it's. Uh, you know, it's got that sense of place. It's got that, uh, you know, accessibility and singability, um, that, you know, that folk-like quality that, uh, you know, the pentatonic melody that, uh, that sounds, you know, every bit is at a home in, you know, in the, in the deep South as it does in, you know, Scotland or, or, you know, anywhere else around the world, you know, that has to do with that, you know, the, the, you know, the way those notes fit together. Um, those are, you know, those are places to start. You've mentioned a lot of concepts that we talk a lot about on our show. Um, accessibility, beauty. What are some of the other ones, guys? But memorability. And the- memorability, yeah. Obviously, these are important. Do you see, uh, like, what, what, what are those qualities that you would say are really important for especially like a worship song or a worship music that you would do uh, lead in, in worship? Uh, in terms of like, uh, um, uh, in terms of like, like the construction of the, of the music itself or, uh, or, or more generally than that. Yeah. One of the things that we're talking about, especially in the past several episodes, we've been talking about beauty and craft. And so just the elements of beauty Uh, or the elements of like the, the craftiness that has gone into it, like just the actual construction of the song. 
Sure. Yeah. No, there's a, there's a lot of things that, that I find, uh, like work really well. Um, uh, again, I'll go back to, you know, if, if like, if the, if the purpose of, uh, you know, creating music for worship is, you know, the, the ultimate, the ultimate end is, is somebody is going to sing this from a, uh, from a technical point of view, um, not from a, you know, spiritual point of view, but, but, you know, it, it's for people to sing. And so drawing from, uh, traditions and techniques that, uh, that do that. I mean, I'm thinking of things like folk songs and I don't mean like, uh, like, you know, like songwriter, guitar guys in a coffee shop. Uh, I mean, like, you know, like, like, like folk music, like, you know, European folk music, these kind of things. Um, those were, you know, those were genres that, you know, but were meant for collective singing. And there's certain things that, uh, that they have in common, uh, you know, simple, uh, simple harmonic structure, things like, uh, like I've, I've mentioned it several times, but the pentatonic scale, uh, that is, that is something that, um, culture is all over. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like all over the world employ that because there's, there's, you know, it's, it's based off of simple intervals. There's, there's not too many, you know, there's five pitches. So it's, it, you know, is easy for, uh, people of all skill levels to, uh, to latch on to, but at the same time, it's varied enough that there's a, you know, there's like a kind of, uh, there's an infinite amount of things you can, you can do from the, you know, from just five notes. Um, uh, things like, uh, um, you know, repetition. Um, I think sometimes, uh, it's as a, uh, you know, as a, as a composer, as a writer, it's, uh, you know, you kind of like, you want to do all your tricks in, the, in, uh, in one spot and it's like, no, 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 the repetition, you know, you, you know, uh, particularly for singing in church, uh, you know, you don't have a lot of, uh, um, you know, especially if it's something new, you, you, you folks are going to have to learn this on the fly. So there's certain things, you know, you're going to need to have, uh, you know, ideally a repeated line in there just so, okay, you know, you, you don't have to learn too much new music to go along with these new words. Um, they need to have a, you know, have a logic to them. Like, uh, so, you know, maybe if it's a, it's a line of poetry that's four lines, you know, maybe two and four correspond to one another in some way. Um, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of, okay, like, uh, like a great, hymn tune like Nettleton, uh, come thou fount of every blessing. Um, and then you know, that's another, uh, I'd have to sing it in my head real quick, but I think that's a pentatonic melody. You know, it's pretty, uh, pretty simple tune. Um, you know, you've got four lines, three of which are all the same. Um, and then a, a departure in, uh, uh, on the third line, but it's also the high point, the, uh, you know, it kind of it goes to a single focal point. Um, you know, there's some rhythmic variety, but, uh, um, but you know, things are on the beat. So it's, uh, so it's easy for a large group of people to sing. You're not going to have to, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, practice your syncopations or anything like that. Um, all of these little elements of craft go into, making, you know, an effective, uh, you know, an effective folk song, an effective national anthem and an effective, you know, congregational hymn, all of those, all of those things, uh, you know, kind of uh, you know, share a lot in common in terms of like technical musical details. Thank you. I like that, how you brought that together. Yeah. Uh, the singing of folk music, it, it's gotta be all these things yet. Those very qualities about it also give it its character. It seems. 
do you see that too? Is that is that true? I mean, is that where this kind of music comes from? Is almost the necessity of it. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah, necessity um, uh, and and simplicity as well. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, a lot of these elements. Uh, it's it's a really un- it's a, it's an interesting concept because you know, looking at the details, uh, there's a lot of things that are shared across a wide variety of regions and cultures. Um, you know, like. Uh, you know, phrases of four bars, uh, you know, five note scales, uh, the, you know, the Western seven note scale, all of these things are kind of are, are very, have a universal quality. And yet with, uh, you know, with skill and craftsmanship, you know, you, you're not going to mistake a, a Chinese folk song from a, uh, uh, you know, from a, uh, you know, Eastern European folk dance or a, uh, you know, Scottish ballad, even though there's a lot that they have in common, they have more in common than they have this, than, you know, than you would ever expect. And yet it's those little, you know, it's those, those little shades of accent and, 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 and small details that, uh, that, you know, that add to that infinite variety and make it, you know, kind of sound as if it's, you know, part of the, uh, natural environment, almost like humanity itself. I mean, sure, we have a lot in common. <laughs> uh, yet at the same time, there's some differences between all of us, and uh, those differences are beautiful. But they're also like markers, like, hey, this is an interesting group of people over here, and this is another interesting group of people. Um, Absolutely, shaped by music, shaped by. I guess it's all goes uh, into what makes up the culture. Well, and I think, I think, uh, you know, especially talking about music in, you know, kind of bring this back to a scriptural context, like, I, you know, that's, that's one of the things I think of in, you know, in Revelation, like the, you know, like every tribe and tongue and nation is going to be there and going to be praising and, but, you know, every, every tongue, right? So every, every language with all of its nuances and idiosyncrasies, like all of those are going to be brought before the throne and all will have their, their own little thing to, uh, to add to this, you know, like beautiful symphony of, uh, of heavenly worship. And, uh, and that's, and that's kind of why part of that is, is why I, I strive to very kind of self-consciously, you know, in the, in the music that I write for worship, like it, you know, it has a, it, it's, it's pretty stylized. Um, it's, it, it has a, a certain accent to it. And uh, that's uh, to, to me my, what I'm what I'm striving to do. Hopefully, uh, succeeding is to kind of that's that's my offering of like okay, this is this is my people's little little slice uh, to uh, to offer to the Lord. When I listen to uh, to yours, and then also Nathan Clark George and even Gregory Wilbur, I mean, it's all around the same slice, but it's all different voices as well. Like I can pick each one of you guys out from each other because you each have your own unique voice, even if it's more similar than say like skillet or switchfoot or newsboys. <laughs> um, you know, sure. it's, it's very, very, very beautiful. Well, and I've, you know, I've, I've got the benefit cause I, you know, I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm the, the, I'm the new guy on the block for, for those guys. And I've, I've, you know, being able to, to sit and watch those guys work, see how they do it. Um, uh, you know, l- listening to uh, those recordings again and again, uh, you know, I, I, I have the, um, you know, that it's a great privilege to like to come come in the footsteps of of uh, of those guys because they're uh, they're you know they're fantastic. One of the things that I'm really fascinated about 
it sounds like you write a new setting of a psalm for a monthly focus of your congregation. I don't know if this is every month, but I it, it seems like you've done that at least a couple of times. Sure, yeah, it's um, it's a it's a practice that has uh, has been really a part of of our church well before me. It's really since the inception. Um, you know, our church has has been committed to singing the psalms um, and to producing new new settings of uh, you know of music to go along uh, along with that stuff. And so often, um, uh, you know, it, our well back up. Our our church is used to learning things. They're 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 committed to that. They enjoy that, and they uh, they have that expectation that like okay, we're gonna have a new psalm at some point. Um, it's definitely not. Uh, every month, I mean, every, every, every week we will sing from the Psalms, like, like, you know, without a doubt, not exclusively, but, uh, but you know, we're, there's, there's, there's always at least one and, uh, but it's not always new. So, uh, so like this year we've done, uh, we've done, uh, two new things, uh, you know, one in, uh, in, in just before Easter and then, uh, and actually one this month. Um, and what we'll do is we'll set aside either, you know, if it's four Sundays or five Sundays, um, and we'll, we have a kind of dedicated spot in the service. It's the, you know, it's the second full piece of music that we do is, uh, is always a Psalm. And, uh, so, and if it's a new thing, then we'll do it for four or five, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> four or five weeks in a row. Um, and that, that, that is so that, so that our people, uh, you know, learn it. They, uh, they, you know, they aren't just watching, you know, they, they aren't just watching us, you know, sing it and like, oh, that's a new thing. And you know, maybe after a couple of years, they'll they'll kind of pick it up. Like we'll we'll do it very intentionally. We're teaching it uh, so that they, you know, so that they can uh, come along with us. Um, and it's it's been uh, it's been a joy. I mean, just to to dig into the psalter and uh, um, you know, it's uh, there's a. I mean, you you could just uh, stay in the Psalms for forever. I mean, it's uh, isn't it is it is it a Luther quote that uh, the Psalms are a little Bible um, or something to that effect? Is that Luther? It could be. I'll is have that, to look that one up. One of those things that like people say there's a Luther quote that just sounds like something he would have said. <laughs> was, I feel like there's a lot of those. Never, yeah, it was Melanchthon, <laughs> and just everybody thinks it was Luther. <laughs> yeah. Either that or Francis of Assisi. I don't think he said anything that that people actually say he said. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Abraham Lincoln, no? Probably him as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, anyway, so you're you're writing a new setting for the psalm. Where are where is the words of the psalm coming from? Like, what's the translation that's sure. used? Uh, do you use the old psalter? Do you use what? Yeah, where is that from? And so I have uh, I you know, I go through I I, I mine old psalters. Um, and there's a, there's a, a huge wealth of things online now, you know, old, uh, you know, old books that are uploaded as uh, PDFs and these things like this. Um, the, you know, the, the kind of gold, well, what I think of as the gold standard is the, the 1912 Psalter. Um, I think that was put out by, uh, the Northern Presbyterian church. Um, uh, but, um, that, that, you know, that's from 1912, and they had a full, you know, each 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 uh, um, each psalm had several different settings and these kind of things. But the um, most of them to uh, you know well known tunes and things like that. But it sort of, it'd be you know be kind of like a hundred years ago equivalent of like the Covenanter uh, Book of Psalms for worship. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that um, that book, which is 
also fantastic. Highly recommend. Um, but uh, but there's but 1912 was one example. But there's you know all of the you know, kind of reformed churches were were publishing psalters in that you know in that 19th century area. And of course we could go back to what is it Brady and Tate from the uh, um, 17th century or uh, um, I, I'm gonna I'm, I don't have my dates in front of me but like the um, yeah the yeah, 1650 uh, Psalter yeah the new versions of the Psalms and uh, and those there's there's you know there's a long tradition of metrical Psalm setting and uh, so what I do is uh, you know once I determine what what Psalm uh, is uh, is gonna is gonna fit right in this month depending on you know what what sermon series we're going through or what you know uh, you know how that fits liturgically um, I'll I'll just start you know pouring over these old ones and then once I find kind of a one that has has a has the right rhythm or uh, you know has a good turn of phrase then it's kind of okay what do I need to do to um, uh, if I need to do anything to make this, you know, kind of appropriate for our context. So, uh, you know, there's, uh, I think for, for me personally, I, I usually adjust if there's, you know, archaic language or things like that. Um, um, just because I want it to fit whatever musically we're doing. Uh, and so sometimes I, you know, some of the, the kind of like retuning hymns, uh, like where you've, you've not changed, you know, you've, it's, it's a, you know, it's an indie pop song, but you're still singing, you know, these and thou's <laughs> there's just a little bit of it, it. It, I find it kind of distracting. And so it's like, okay, let's, let's just, you know, not that there's anything wrong with these and thou's by any means, but just, you know, let's, let's, all right, if we're going to do a new setting, then let's, then let's, let's make it, uh, you know, a pro or, you know, uh, fitting to our linguistic style. Uh, so I'll do that. And that honestly, I'm, you know, that's the, in some ways that's the hardest part for me because I'm, I am not a, a, a guy gifted with poetry. I'm uh, you know, I'm a, I definitely approach this kind of work much more like a, you know, like a, I guess this is my classical part coming out. You know, it's like, you know, you, you know, you, you do a, uh, you do a musical setting of a poetry that someone has, uh, has given you already, um, or like a Tin Pan Alley songwriter or something like that, you know, that where you, you get, you get your, you get your words, uh, from the lyricist and then you, you know, you set it musically. Um, but that's, that's kind of the, that, that's basically the process that, uh, that I go through. Have you seen that benefiting your church? I mean, uh, you must, you, you oh, keep it uh, up. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'd love to. <laughs> no, I mean, singing the Psalms is, uh, is, uh, is great. If, uh, if you're not doing it, you need to be doing it. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's funny when you say, how is that, how is that change or how is that affected? Um, uh, our worship, it's, it's so, um, it's so a part of who we are. Um, and again, that this is, this long precedes me. This is something that, uh, that, uh, you know, those guys I was talking about before have, have set up and I'm now reaping, uh, I get to reap the benefits, me and my, my family and, you know, our, the, the folks that are in the seats going to be in the seats tomorrow morning. Um, you know, the Psalm is singing the Psalms. Uh, there's just, there's just so much, there's just so much there that, uh, that, uh, you know, even, you know, traditional hymns don't usually touch on. I mean, there's, there's, there's every, um, there's every posture, there's every human emotion, there's every experience that, uh, you know, how often are you, uh, uh, you know, 
I'm, I'm just trying to think of uh, some of the, you know, I, you're, you know, my mind immediately goes to some of the, the darker things, you know, like praying for, uh, praying for vengeance, uh, you know, playing, you know, the, uh, the, you know, the, the doom of the wicked that is foretold, um, you know, these, these things that, you know, even, you know, kind of classic hymn writers tend to shy away from the Psalms don't shy away from them. And I, you know, I know as, you know, just from my own, you know, personal, you know, walk. It's like, I, I need to hear some of those things. Uh, cause, cause sometimes, cause sometimes I feel like that and, uh, I need to hear David crying out that I'm surrounded by my enemies and I need to know that, no, there is, you know, God is faithful. He promises that, uh, that, that, you know, you're going to come out of this. Um, uh, and that's, that's just, you know, there's, there's nothing like, uh, there's nothing like the Psalms to kind of bring all those things together. Well, have you done a setting of say, um, Psalm two or even Psalm, uh, one thirty seven. The, sure. yeah, you know, the classic, yeah, yeah, the yeah. classic bash their head against a rock kind of, uh, <laughs> Passages is this sure. something that you? Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. I've I've actually I've actually been working on uh, on one thirty seven uh, recently. We have not uh, we've not sung it yet. Um, you know, there's there is uh, you know you know you do have to be sensitive. I'm thinking of uh, uh, a one that we've uh, we actually have sung uh, and, and and sung well is uh, from Psalm fifty eight, uh, which has the uh, uh, you know the um, you know, the, the righteous will bathe in the blood of the wicked and, uh, the wicked is our, um, I, I don't have my, I could try to quote it, but, uh, but it's it, the, the wicked will be like a stillborn child. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's imagery right there. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's some disturbing stuff. Um, uh, you know, that, that particular, um, you know, that particular wording is, uh, is, is not something that, uh, that we chose to use, but the, but the, you know, that, um, that connotation, the, uh, you know, the, uh, um, uh, you know, the keeping in mind, okay, what is the, what is the purpose of some of this? Uh, what, what is this language communicating here? What's it's communicating that, um, uh, you know, the, the end of, uh, of, of wickedness of sin and, uh, that it will be put to destruction. And, uh, and so I think that, you know, that's, um, uh, that's something that, that's something we need to hear. And, uh, and I know that's, I, I read those, and while some of the, you know, some of the individual images are pretty eye popping at the same time, it's, you know, the ultimate takeaway is, uh, you know, one is, is, is repentance. Don't, don't, uh, <laughs> you know, see, see what the, uh, the end of a, of a path that you may be going down, but then also comfort that, uh, that these are the promises of God and, uh, and that, you know, you, you, know, you won't be, uh, you know, yeah. Unlike this, you you will not be abandoned to the grave. Just curious if uh, maybe you uh, before you sing a particular song, you say, "Hey, this one's a little different than we normally yeah, sing." Yeah, or- <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I have uh, um, uh, one of the usually the last thing I will do in uh, uh, when we're preparing our, our service is. Um, uh, I've got a little spot on the back of our bullet and our, uh, we, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on our, we, we, we print everything. All of our, all of our music is in, is a printed format, it's more physical media. But, um, 
the kind of the last step after we've, you know, we've, you know, we've talked through this with the pastors, we've, uh, you know, we've prayed through this, we've got our, you know, we've got our set, everything, everything is set, ready to go. The last thing I'll do is, um, I, you know, I, I do a little paragraph explaining, um, you know, we, we call it worship notes. So it's uh, explaining, okay, why did we choose X, Y, or Z? What's, uh, what's the rationale there? Um, you know, sometimes it's walking through, sometimes if there's something new or, uh, um, unfamiliar, uh, you know, you know, draw attention to that or if something's being used in an unusual place. And, uh, and especially if, uh, if there's something, uh, something new, uh, you know, generally I'll try to, uh, uh, to, you know, to walk people through that. So it's like, okay, yes, we're singing from, uh, uh, we're singing from Psalm 58 this month. This is a, this is a bit of different, you know, this is a, uh, this is maybe, maybe a passage you, you know, you, you, you didn't encounter in your quiet time, uh, this, uh, this morning. Uh, and, uh, but you know, all scripture is God breathed and, uh, you know, profitable for teaching and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, so that's, uh, that's why we've, uh, you know, we've chosen this one in that particular instance. Yeah. I like the focus there that it's healthy for us to focus on these things. And it's uh, subjects that speak to our hearts, but that sometimes if man were writing these songs just outright, uh, there tend to be subjects that we'd shy away from uh, that we don't like to talk about. And so the Psalms really does force us to confront these things, confront sin maybe in our own life, confront um, maybe our own feelings of doubt or own feelings of injustice. And it's like, those feelings are wrong. Let's hold it up against the truth of scripture. And uh, what God says is, look, evil, you see it today, but that's only for a moment and it will one day be destroyed. And it will be destroyed by being destroyed that, you know, utterly destroyed. And so that's really, and it's also, you know, it's also, it's, that's, you know, that's not, that's not, our job. That's, that's, you know, like, you know, that's, that's, that's the Lord's work. You know, whenever, when, when, when David is crying out, you know, vindicate me, it's, uh, it's not, uh, you know, it's not a, a personal vendetta. It's that, you know, it's that the Lord is going to, uh, is, is, you know, vengeance is mine, say it's the Lord, these kind of, uh, um, you know, it's, it's looking to where, uh, uh, you know, where do we, what do we put our trust in? Who uh, uh, you know? Who is going to accomplish this for us? It's it's not us. Yeah, that's another important point. I mean, if we write a song, that's us maybe saying a a good word, uh, something that is uh, beneficial, something that is exhortational, if that's a word. Sure, but, uh, should be. When yeah. it's <laughs> straight from. God's word, that's actually him speaking directly to us. Um, anyway, another great reason to sing the Psalms, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, that's a, well, I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's, that's Calvin's rationale, right? Like, you know, going back to the, uh, you know, to the Reformation, it's like, these are, uh, you know, th- th- there's, there is no way to swerve one way or the other if we're actually just singing God's words back to him. Um, you can't go wrong. Yeah. I've, I've said it before on the show. Um, you know, we we're given the command twice to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And while there is a lot of debate over what is a hymn, what is a spiritual song, there's no debate over what is a psalm, and we still don't sing them. 
<laughs> uh, no, no, to our to our uh, to our detriment. But uh, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. So uh, Parish Presbyterian, where you serve, uh, on their website, it says that uh, quote: "We believe that worship is the primary means of Christian discipleship. From worship flows all other gospel activity." End quote. I was hoping that you could unpack that a little bit for us. Um, how does that uh, kind of play out in your church? And how do you see worship really as the fountainhead of discipleship? Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of, uh, well, okay. I kind of broad speak broadly and then, uh, then move, uh, then move in. So the, you know, the church, uh, you know, d- depending on our context or, you know, whatever it may be involved in many things. There are many wonderful things that the church, uh, can, can do, uh, you know, mercy ministry, uh, education, fellowship, um, you know, all sorts of things, but, but those are, those are, you know, secondary outcomes from, you know, the, the primary work of the church, the primary calling of the church is worship. Uh, and that, you know, for us, that, that takes place on the Lord's day. Um, uh, you know, not that we aren't in, you know, we aren't speaking into the arts and culture and politics and all, all those things. I'm not, you know, I'm, uh, but, but those are downstream from, uh, from the, you know, our primary, from our primary activity. Uh, and so, um, what that, you know, what that looks like, um, you know, our primary place for discipleship, for, for teaching, for growing up in, uh, you know, in the faith is, is not, um, you know, is not our morning quiet time, though that's, that's good and healthy and we should all do it, um, is not, uh, in, uh, you know, uh, you know, going to, uh, you know, church camp as a teen or something like that. It's, it's the discipling of the, of the liturgy and, uh, you know, of the scripture is preached and, uh, and sung and doing that collectively with, uh, with, uh, you know, a, a bunch of, you know, fellow sinners in your community and growing up together. Um, that's, that's the primary place where we, we, where we learn the faith. Um, so that, you know, in terms of discipleship, um, in terms of kind of practically what that looks like. Um, and I'm, and I'm sure, you know, I mean, that's, you know, there's things (laughs) that you, that you put on the website and you say, but you know, we all, we all fall short of these. These are, these are, you know, these are goals that we're shooting for obviously. Um, but, uh, but what that looks like practically is that we, you know, that's, that's primarily as a, as the church staff, that's what we're, that's what we're building towards. That's what we're spending our time on primarily is, uh, is the worship service. So it's, everything is, is gone over with great care and ideally, you know, all of these, all of these various elements, uh, you know, uh, you know, what our elders are doing, what the, you know, what the pastoral team is doing, what the, what the musicians are putting together, um, ideally is, is integrated and should say from week to week, one thing, um, that doesn't, it's not always, uh, that's not always perfectly accomplished, but, uh, but, but that is, uh, that is what we're striving for. Um, and it's, it does take a, um, it takes a, it's, it takes a lot of time and effort. Uh, some weeks are easier than others, but, uh, um, but, uh, you know, all of our work is in support of, uh, you know, what the pastoral staff is doing so that everything, everything complements, everything is discipling towards the same point, ideally. Fantastic. So I'm guessing that uh, music is not the only 
only worship going on on Sunday morning. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's, it's not, not at all. Um, no, I mean, you know, every uh, you know everything from the uh, you know from the kind of liturgical elements of the things like the you know the call to worship, the confession of sin, all these sort of things. You know, those aren't uh, you know just you know chosen at random. Like uh, you know, the pastor that's preaching is going to take a lot of prayerful consideration. Okay. What, you know, what fits here with this passage in this study that we've been going through? Um, you know, the, uh, yes, obviously the, uh, you know, the various hymns that we, uh, that we choose to sing, um, should, you know, have some connecting point with that, but, you know, going down to, you know, the flowers in the sanctuary and, uh, you know, what the, uh, the cover of the bulletin looks like, all of these things should, uh, you know, should work together. Yeah, um, I just, it's less of a question, more of just a, uh, just kind of, I, I've, in, I enjoyed listening through uh, Clovercroft today. I just, I tried to do it all in one sitting. That didn't happen, but I did get through the whole thing. Um, I just, I really, really love the strings. I, I don't play strings. Uh, I love listening to them, but I don't get them enough. And, uh, and I just, I really, I really enjoy just the, the string work that was done on, on all those songs. Oh, thank you very much. And I, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, one of the, both those, both those recordings. So Clovercraft and Southern Psalms, uh, you know, another one of my, my favorite things about those is I actually got, so there's a couple of, you know, obviously I'm playing fiddle on, on all of those tracks, but there's a couple of them that have a, a full, you know, string section, you know, kind of an orchestra feel. And all of those, all of those, um, string players are, um, you know, from, from one era or another are, are, are my own students. So actually that was one thing to like, to get my, to, to get my little, uh, my little guys in to, uh, to play some of those and to be, to be a part of that. That was, uh, that was very meaningful and special to me. Yes. And so, so I'm glad they, glad they did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> one question I had when I was, I was checking out your website earlier today, uh, Henry and I was looking at the uh, Southern Psalms and how you have like a town name for each psalm. Can you speak okay, to okay. that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is uh, um, that's a thing. So, so as as Justin was saying, every every track is a you know is a psalm name, or uh, uh, you know on Clovercroft there's a couple of hymns as well. But uh, they essentially have two titles. They have the whatever the psalm is, and then something else in uh, parentheses and all caps. And this is a, uh, this is a little, a uh, thing that I, that it's a hymn writer thing. So, uh, so in, uh, you know, 200 years ago or so, you know, you, you'll off and well, any, any contemporary hymnal, if you, uh, you know, if you go look at, uh, um, amazing grace is a great example, just cause I, I know this, you know, if you go look up amazing grace, you, you look down at the, in the bottom corner or, you know, wherever the, the kind of fine print information is, you'll see that uh, that has another title. It's called New Britain. Well, that uh, that New Britain is is the uh, the title of that that melody, that folk song, because that's a traditional uh, you know traditional British Isles tune, and the uh, the John Newton Amazing Grace text is applied much later. John Newton was a is a poet. It was uh, you know attached to these uh, uh, to this melody. Um, that was written by somebody else at some different time. We don't know, and uh, uh, you know, and married together. And so, uh, you know, you even have in uh, in the like in the Scottish tradition and like uh, like Psalters, 
Um, you'll actually have, I don't know if you guys have seen these, but they're, they're super cool, but they're split leaf. So, uh, so there's, uh, the, you know, the text will be on, uh, so you'll have like an oblong, uh, um, you know, hymnal or book of music and, uh, the top will have a text and then there, there's like, you know, there's like half of the pages is, is cut in half. And then, uh, so you could turn them separately and the bottom is going to be music. And that's so that, uh, you know, if you didn't know a particular tune, you could just flip around until one you knew that matched that meter and you could mix and match. Um, so that was, that was a very like practical, uh, you know, piece of, you know, musical technology there. And so because of that, then these tunes were given separate names and, uh, particularly in, uh, uh, like in that shape, no tradition or in, uh, well, yeah, I, I'm going to say it's particularly American, but now I'm kind of second guessing myself because I can think of a lot of British examples too. But a lot of those, a lot of those secondary names are place names. Um, I'm thinking, uh, I'm, I'm, we're going to sing Jesus shall reign, uh, tomorrow morning that, that, uh, that hymn and that that's, that's usually done to the tune Duke street. And, uh, if you look up like, uh, you know, uh, you know, hymnary.org or something like that, if you look up the composer of Duke street, it's going to tell you nothing much is known about this person except for they lived on Duke street. And, uh, and, and I, I just, I love that, uh, uh, that, you know, like, uh, that, that little nod to, to place and, uh, and location, um, and, uh, and so I've, I've, I've done that with, uh, with, um, with all my tunes, even though, um, you know, they're not really intended to be mixed and matched. Although if, you know, if somebody comes across them in a hundred years and wants to put them to something else, then, uh, you know, and, and somebody remembers that, then, you know, you know, praise God, that's, uh, that's fantastic. But, um, I try to, um, uh, you know, to some extent, uh, there is a little bit of rhyme or reason. So they're mostly they're they're place names from, uh, um, you know, from in and around my location, but I try to think of, uh, you know, and, and sometimes they're a little bit more, uh, idiosyncratic and personal, but, uh, you know, like something that I can connect this Psalm text to. So, uh, um, I'm, th- I'm thinking of, okay, I'll give an example of, um, Psalm 112 on, on Clovercroft. That's, uh, um, that, that Psalm is about, uh, again, similar to 128, uh, you know, the blessings you and your children will be mighty. The, you know, the, the, the righteous man will be established, uh, his, uh, um, his, uh, memorial will never be moved, these kind of things. Um, so that's what's going on in that text. And, uh, the name of that tune is, um, is Pottsville, and while well, Pottsville is a is not is an unincorporated little town where I actually happen to live, so that's my my uh, that, that that's uh, that's that's where my house is. So I I so in that you know I think of that uh, you know a that's just kind of a way to to give a nod to where I live, but also you know that's in my. Uh, you know, when I'm singing that song, I'm, I'm thinking about my own children. I'm, I'm in, in a sense, praying that for them, uh, that these, these things, these promises will be true for them. Um, and, uh, and, and so likewise, um, uh, you know, that, that, so a lot of times there's, uh, um, there, there's some rationale and sometimes it's just, you know, kind of want to give a shout out to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to a place or a person, those kind of things. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen the Pottsville sign before. Um, so that 
The, and there's, you know, it's, it's funny the, um, uh, you know, when I had, you know, and when I named it that now I've, I've realized now that there are, there are quite a few, um, there's a Pottsville, Arkansas, there's a, there's a, there's several other Pottsvilles that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And my eyes went to Murfreesboro because I've driven through Murfreesboro. Okay, sure. Probably yeah. 300 times. So, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. But that, that's, that's really neat and a uh, good, interesting touch. When, and that one's that one is is a less um, uh, you know less profound uh, um, a story. So Murfreesboro, um, I used to uh, uh, there's a um, uh, a school there where I used to teach, mm-hmm. and uh, um, you know I, I teach music lessons, and I I, I would uh, I didn't have a I was not a, a full time teacher. I, I would just come in and I would usually teach in a in a practice room or something like that. These little you know if you if you've been to music school you know these little closet things that you know. And, uh, and so I had a student that was, you know, scheduled to arrive at, um, three o'clock and then one at four. Well, my three o'clock at two fifty-five, you know, calls in, uh, calls in six. So I've, but I've still got another student after her. So I was like, what, what am I going to do? So I just, I just sat there and, uh, and there's a piano in there. So I started messing around and, and I wrote that song. Oh. <laughs> and so I, I decided I was going to name it after uh, where I was at the time. So yeah, that's pretty so that's efficient. That's where was. Yeah. yeah. That's <clears> awesome. That's interesting. I mean, especially with the older ones, obviously these new ones have uh, meaning uh, for you. I mean, you were there or it's the Clovercroft, the street yeah. where your, your church is located. Sure, yeah. Uh, the town you're from, things like that. But even the older ones, uh, it connects back into kind of what we were talking about earlier, where the music isn't from a particular person, but from a particular place. And it's almost like the place becomes the author. Sure. And and uh, in the, the, the place is the author and the place is, um, especially I think with, uh, with hymns like folk songs, it becomes, you know, as they, as they, you know, as they take on a life of their own, they really become, you know, it's it's not it's not the the composer or the songwriter's property anymore. It's the it's it's the places. You know that that song is is belongs to that place, not just uh, you know n- not just me or something. And, and like to me, that's that's like you know uh, that's any songwriter's dream, right? Is uh, is like you know they can transcend you know the, uh, the 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 creator and have a life of its own and like live on. That's uh, uh, and, you know, again, when we're talking about, uh, you know, talking from scripture, you know, to be able to reiterate these truths again and again, to do blessings long after, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a, you know, I'm in the ground somewhere. Maybe in 500 years, uh, the translation of the Psalms into whatever is dominant language at the time <laughs> uh, for singing will carry the Clovercroft <laughs> tune. Who knows? So, yeah. and then you'll have your own. Uh, footnote in Henry.com and it will say, exactly. not much is known about the author, but we believe he lived or was around Clovercroft Road. <laughs> Amen. That'd be beautiful. Well, it's really been a joy um, speaking with you tonight. I want to give you a chance to talk about some of the things where uh, people can support you, where they can find your music uh, and interact with you even on social media. Sure. Um, absolutely. Where, where, can, where can people connect with you? Um, well, you can, uh, um, easiest place is, uh, is henryhafnermusic.com. Uh, that's my website. Um, you've got, uh, players there. You can listen to some of the stuff. Um, there's a contact form. You can get in touch with me. I, 
I try to uh, to be pretty uh, uh, efficient on response. I'm not always. I do have a six week old right now, so uh, so sometimes they're responding to the emails a little slow right now. <laughs> but uh, you can check me out there. That's uh, that's Henry Hafner two Fs. Uh, henryhafnermusic.com uh, all my music is on Bandcamp uh, you can stream it there download purchase um, I also have uh, have a YouTube channel that uh, where I, I throw up uh, you know like some demos and things like that or some little live performances when we uh, when we're able to grab a camera and uh, and the right number of people but it's much more informal that's kind of that's kind of my you know, experimental place and, uh, and where I, I send the, you know, when, when I got a new thing and it's like, I need a recording to send to the band so they can, uh, they can listen and tell me if it's any good or not. But, uh, and you can just, that's, uh, that's under my name. So just, uh, if you, you just search for Henry Hafner, you'll find my channel. Fantastic. Yeah. I actually love putting in your, your, uh, YouTube, uh, uh, videos into our family has a, a weekly YouTube night on Friday nights. Oh, and so fun. a lot of times we'll uh, feature a Henry Hafner um, oh, right before wow. Voce's eight uh, comes to close everything out. Oh, well, okay. With, uh, but, so you get, so you got, you got some good, some good music there later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a step down when we get to Voce's eight, but uh, after that, you know, no, we uh, we very much do enjoy uh, the YouTube oh, that's great. channel. I'm, I'm, uh, for I'm sure. glad it's a resource for you. That's uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I like the uh, the like. There's a roughness to it. Like it's not meant to be yeah. like a final cut <laughs> by any means. And uh, but it, it's people singing uh, praises to God around a piano uh, with a viola sure. every now and then. Yeah, and it's it's wonderful. <laughs> You know, it's, it's so, it, it never, it never ceases to amaze me. And I, as, as I was saying earlier, you know, I never, um, I never really, it was never part of my plan to, uh, to, to, you know, to be a songwriter, to, uh, to be a worship leader or, uh, you know, music director that was never, um, you know, something when I was, you know, I would, I would have been shocked if you'd have told me that when I was 20, that that's what, uh, that's what I would be doing now. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a humbling thing to see. I mean, I, you know, to see people, you know, in different parts of the world and different parts of the country that are, you know, taking something that I, I did and it's, and it's, they're using it and they're, it's, it's blessing them. And that, that is just, that is a incredibly humbling thing. It's an incredibly, it just, it, it, it's, it flabbergasts me, uh, that, uh, to see, um, you know, to see these little things, uh, trickle out and to be a part of other people's lives. And, uh, and it's, it, it's, it's, yeah, what I'm doing right now. That's how I feel. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I couldn't, would have never, uh, something I would have never, never expected, but, uh, you know, but then the Lord has used it. And, uh, and so, you know, you know, thanks be to him. Thanks be to him. I guess you could say that God moves in a mysterious way. <laughs> Indeed. His wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. There is a bomb in the air to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in the air to heal the sin-sick soul. To never feel the 
for listening to the Balming Gilead podcast. We love hearing from you, so email us at thereis at balmcast.com. We are a part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts, and you can discuss our show and much more at slack.techreformation.com. We'll see you there. If you enjoyed the Balming Gilead podcast, please encourage others to listen. We value your feedback, so rate, review, and recommend the show in your podcast app of choice. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Balm in Gilead podcast. Sorry, a minute ago, I had my wife had some liquid come on the floor, but luckily it was lemonade, so oh. her water didn't break or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> I was about to say, do you, are you, why are you still on? Right, you need, yeah. You need to I go thought, to the hospital. I was like, oh, goodness.